Well, it's 10 o'clock, so we may as well begin. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to our Good Friday service. It's a bit gloomy, so thank you for all making it and uh, trudging through the rain. I always like it when it does rain on Good Friday and it's very overcast and sort of moody. It ad moody and adds to the what I think is the atmosphere of sort of the day. It is both a day of celebration but also a day of lament and reflection. This service is going to be a bit different to sort of our usual Sunday services. It's, there's going to be no music, there's going to be no worship. This is going to be a time of lament and a time of reflection. I encourage you to listen to the story that you're about to hear and focus on the Bible readings. There will be moments of silence. Take this moment just to breathe, to lament, to grieve, to think and to reflect. This is a time to reflect on the actions, the sacrifice that our Saviour Jesus Christ made for us. In these moments of silence, listen to what God is trying to say to you. So let us begin with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can all gather here today. We thank you for bringing us your Son. Allow us to hear your word, to be able to hear the story of the ultimate sacrifice your Son made. Lord, as we take this time to reflect, allow us to bring everything that is on our heart to you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. On the day of of the festival on the unleavened bread. Jesus' disciples came to him and asked, where do you want us to prepare the Passover meal for you? Jesus said, go into the city, you will find a certain man. Say to him, the teacher says his time is near and my disciples to plan to celebrate the Passover meal at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus commanded and prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, Jesus sat down with the twelve disciples, and during the meal, Jesus turned to them and said, One of you will betray me tonight. Despite Jesus predicting his death three times prior to the events of tonight, the disciples were stunned. They couldn't believe someone would do such a thing. In a state of shock, the disciples took turns asking Jesus, Is it me, Lord? Am I the one who will betray you? Each one of them asked, but Jesus replied, One of you who has eaten from this bowl with me will betray me. For the Son of Man must die as the Scriptures have declared it. Jesus paused, then said, It is far better that the betrayer had never been born. There is silence around the room. Everyone is listening to each word Jesus is saying. The evening noise from the outside world is the only thing that can be heard. Judas, one of the twelve, finally breaks the silence. Rabbi, teacher, am I the one 
Jesus, slowly fixing his gaze upon Judas, says, You have said it. Even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food has turned against me. I ask you this question, have you betrayed the Lord? I say again, have you betrayed the Lord? After the meal had taken place, Jesus breaking bread and giving thanks, Jesus and the twelve disciples travelled to the Garden of Gethsemane. On the way, Jesus again turned to his disciples and said, Tonight you will all desert me. Again in shock, the disciples listened to Jesus as he continued to say, For it is written in the scriptures, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter, defiant as ever, cut Jesus off, declaring, Even if everyone deserts you, I will remain. Jesus turns to Peter with a weak but warm smile, says, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. No, Peter protests the words slipping out of his mouth, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. Peter was not quite yelling this, but his voice could be heard from a distance. The other disciples followed Peter's conviction and also vowed to never deny Jesus. Whilst at the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus told his disciples to stay here a while whilst he goes and prays. He then took Peter, John and James to one side There the three of them could see that Jesus looked distressed. Before they could ask Jesus what was wrong, Jesus said to them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and watch over me. Jesus then went a little further into the garden. He fell to his knees, bowing his head and cried out, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. After some time, Jesus returned to his disciples and found them asleep. 
With a heavy heart, Jesus woke Peter and said, Couldn't you watch over me even for one hour? After again asking the disciples to watch over him as Jesus prayed, he ventured back to the garden and he fell to his knees again and cried out, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. Jesus returned back to his disciples after some time and discovered that they had fallen back asleep. This happened again for a third time. Jesus went to pray and the disciples were fast asleep. However, this time, Jesus let them sleep. After returning from his prayer, Jesus looked upon the disciples and said, Are you just going to keep sleeping? The Son of Man is about to be handed over to the sinner. Get up. The betrayer is here. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with loud cries and tears to the one who, would rescue, who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. I ask you this question, have you fallen asleep to God's command? Have you fallen asleep to God's command? Jesus had barely told his disciples to wake up when Judas, one of the twelve, had arrived. Judas' sudden arrival had caught everyone off guard, and he was not alone. Judas had brought with him a crowd of angry men, all brandishing swords and clubs. Judas was sent by the leading priests and the elders. He had worked out a sign with the crowd of angry men that showed them which one they had to arrest. You will know which one to arrest when I greet them with a kiss, Judas instructed the men. Judas, upon seeing Jesus, headed straight towards him and greeted him with a kiss. Jesus, knowing fully what was going to happen, said to Judas, my friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. 
the crowd grabs Jesus, restraining him. In the confusion, one of Jesus' followers grabbed a sword and swung it violently, cutting off the leading priest's servant's ear. Put away your sword, Jesus said sternly. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Jesus continued to say, say, now addressing everyone, not just the single follower, don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us, and he would send them instantly? But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled? Jesus now specifically addressing everyone. Am I some dangerous revolutionary? That you must come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there preaching every day. But this is all happening to fill the word word of the prophets as recorded in Scripture. At this point, all the disciples had run off, disappearing into the night. Not one of them had kept their vow. Peter said, Brothers, the Scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit speaking through King David. I ask you this question, just like the disciples, would you run from Jesus? I say again, would you run and desert Jesus? Jesus was seized and taken to the home of the high priest. There, Jesus was greeted by the elders and the teachers of the religious law. At the time, Peter followed from a safe distance until he got to the high priest's courtyard. From there, he mingled with the servants, assessing the situation, waiting to see how things played out. Inside, the leading priests conspired with the Jewish council to try and convict Jesus of crimes that would allow him to put him to death. Many stepped forward, willing to lie and make false accusations, but 
They weren't believable. No one believed the accusations of the lies. They couldn't use them. Finally, two men came forward. They pointed at Jesus, saying, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. The high priest, frustrated by the situation, turned to Jesus and said, Well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? Jesus looked back at the high priest and remained silent. The high priest tried again. I demand in the name of the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus snapped back at the high priest, you have said it. And in the future, you will see the Son of Man seated in a place of power at God's right hand coming from the clouds of heaven. Upon hearing this, the high priest was filled with rage, losing his temper. He took a step back, ripping his robe and yelled, blasphemy. He then turned to everyone else in the room. Why do we need witnesses? You have all heard this blasphemy. He then asked everyone what their verdict was. The crowd replied, guilty. He deserves to die. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. Just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. I ask you this question, have you pushed Jesus to the side for your own gain? I say again, have you pushed Jesus to the side for your own gain?
At this point, whilst the moon was still high in the sky, Peter was sitting outside the courtyard trying to watch and see what was happening to Jesus. A servant girl noticed him there and came up to him. Weren't you with Jesus? Peter dismissed her, saying, I don't even know what you're talking about. Shooing her away, he moved closer towards the gate of the courtyard. As he got closer, more people started to notice him. One said loudly, that man is with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, eager to not draw attention to himself, Peter quickly snapped back, I don't even know the man. As Peter continued to get closer to the house, another servant said, your accent, it gives you away. Taken aback by this statement, Peter, trying anything to shut them up, said, a curse on me if I am lying. I do not know this man. The moment those last words left Peter's mouth, a rooster crow could be heard. Suddenly, Jesus' words came flooding back to Peter. Realising what he had done, Peter ran off into the night, tears streaming down his face. Shame and guilt overcame him as he ran into the night. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. I ask you this question, would you deny Jesus? Would you deny Jesus? Jesus was dragged in front of the governor 
a man known as Pilate. Pilate questioned Jesus, asking, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, you have said it. Wanting to condemn Jesus as much as they could in front of Pilate, the high priests and the religious leaders rained down accusation after accusation after accusation against Jesus. Don't you hear all these charges that they are bringing against you, Pilate demanded? Much to Pilate's surprise, Jesus remained silent. It was now morning and the sun had barely made it into the sky when the crowd started to form around Pilate's house. You see, it was custom at this time of year to release one prisoner back into society. And the crowd had the power to choose whoever they wanted. Pilate asked the crowd, who should I set free? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Messiah? Whilst the court was in session, the leading priests dispersed themselves into the crowd. They whispered lies to the crowd, persuading various people that Barabbas should be the one who is released, and Jesus is the one who should be put to death. This continued to happen until the majority of the crowd were all saying the one thing. Pilate, getting up from his seat, addressed the crowd, trying to get their final verdict. He asked, who should I release? Barabbas, they shouted. In response, Pilate asked the crowd, well, what should I do with Jesus? They shouted back, crucify him. When Pilate asked why they should crucify Jesus, the crowd just roared back at him, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate feared that if he kept on pushing the subject, the crowd would riot against him. So he went and washed his hands publicly in front of the crowd, making it clear that it was not his decision. I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is Yours, Pilate said to the crowd. The crowd yelled back, we will take the responsibility for his death. We and our children. So, Barabbas was released. And Jesus, well, Jesus was flogged and then turned over to the Roman soldiers for execution. The Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. He said, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do, and don't give in dread of what frightens them. Make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. He is the one who should make you tremble. I ask you this question. Are you following the crowd or God? Are you following the crowd or God?
The Roman soldiers mocked Jesus. They beat him. They spat on him. They taunted him, yelling, Hail, King of the Jews. They did this as Jesus was forced to walk around wearing a crown of thorns and a scarlet robe. The soldiers dragged Jesus through the streets to be crucified. Along the way, they found a man named Simon and they forced him to carry Jesus' cross. They travelled to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. The soldiers tried to give Jesus a mixture of wine and bitter gale. You see, this was a mixture that would act as a sort of a painkiller, but Jesus refused to drink it. Once at Golgotha, they nailed Jesus to the cross and they hoisted it up for everyone to see. Jesus hung there with two other men either side of him. A sign was fastened above Jesus' head announcing the charge that was against him. It read, This is Jesus, King of the Jews. People passed by this public execution. They shouted abuse at Jesus. Look at you now, they yelled. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days? Well then, if you are the Son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and the teachers of the religious law were also joining in the abuse. They said, he saves others, but he can't even save himself. So he is the king of Israel, is he? Let him come down from the cross right now and we will believe him. Even the men being crucified either side of Jesus were yelling abuse at him. It was about noon and darkness had fallen across the land. Some time had passed and Jesus yelled out, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders that were watching the crucifixion were confused by this outburst and they thought that Jesus was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran out, got a sponge and soaked it in sour wine and lifted it on a stick so that Jesus could drink it. Others were not so quick to go and help and scoffed. Let's see whether Elijah comes to actually save him. See, then suddenly Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. At that very moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple tore in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. A Roman officer that was watching nearby was visibly terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. The officer turned to his fellow soldiers and uttered the words, this man truly was 
the Son of God.